the you actual the game. Story. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And <laughs> maybe not. Just tell. It was just like. So it. we got back from Mississippi State. F it. We're throwing a party. <laughs> Everyone got sick. And remember, I got you a, a Starbucks latte. And you left it outside my door because you couldn't open the door because because you were feral. And it sat there for ten days. I'm, I'm Maddie. I'm Z. As Johnny. It, 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 it girls. Maddie Perez with in a Johnny Teeler. What's up, guys? Uh, welcome to It Girls, and it obviously looks a little bit different right now because we are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Milwaukee. doing a live in-person episode of the podcast, and we're so excited to do this. Um, First of all, thank you, Mercury, who hosts yeah. the podcast. Shout out to Ben, Bradford, Adam. Everyone. All those guys of Mercury that are making this happen. and Yeah, it's cool because they have like a lot of, if you guys don't know about them, they have a lot of podcasts that are kind of like centered towards like male athletes, but we're kind of like their their token female athlete episode. And um, it's just awesome that they're like putting their capital and their resources to like help us grow. Yeah, they've been really intentional with trying to make sure that this is something that works. And it's really cool because we are one of the only two girls that I won't say that do this there, but they're making sure that it's a priority for them and it's been really awesome, so. Yeah, and like ultimately their goals are the same as ours and that's just to like grow awareness about female sports and um, really just like tell women's stories. So, but today we're telling a different woman's story. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were in Dallas, we were on the phone with them and we were like, you know, we want to do a live episode, but like who could it be with? It'd have to be like a big guest. And then I was like, you know, why don't we just interview each other? Like, we should have probably done this, like, episode one. Yeah. Just, like, get a foundation for, like, who's Z, who's Brez. Um, but anyways, we're, like, so pumped to do this. I'm so excited. And it's going to be... We'll talk about it a little bit, but, like, me and Maddie are so close that yeah. it's so easy to bounce off of each other, and it'll be really fun, the things we talk about and get into, so... Period. Period. Okay, starting off with, how are you? <laughs> and where does that come from? This- okay, my girl... Her best friend. <laughs> her best, my best friend. So like an imaginary best friend kind of thing, really. But Danny Austin's a, a pretty big time influencer. And she's just like, well, I think, like seems very authentic, very real. And she started this podcast called The Influence. I listen to every episode. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Central. Um, and she starts off the episode by saying, how are you? But it's like real. Like, how are you? So mm-hmm. how are you, Z? Um... Feeling a lot of gratitude. Mm. Well, I haven't seen Matt. This is so funny. When I don't see her or vice versa for like a month, it feels like a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm here in her apartment. We're in her apartment in Milwaukee. Her sister doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to see her sister later today for a graduation party. It's going to be a surprise. And so just really excited to be here and kind of get a break of what's been going on all summer. So Yeah. What's been going on all summer? Well, uh... I, so with Kentucky volleyball, we're kind of expected to be there all summer working out 6am. So we huddle up at 5.55 every morning. Um, it's awesome though. Like it's, it's so it's well great. run. It is great. And it's really fun. And it's us, gymnastics, softball, soccer, swim and dive, women's basketball bounces in and out. So it's like a really cool environment to be a part of, but we're doing that all summer. It's like a competition all summer just to like preface too, which yeah. Z and I like eat up, but yeah, so I <laughs> got some like shoulder things going on, so can't really win the summer this year, which kind of feels um, stupid to do now, but 
It's been good. So I've been doing that. Um, been working at WKYT, which is the new station in Lexington, the market leader, I will say. So it's a really cool opportunity to be doing that. I've been reporting for them, which has been really awesome. Um, been kind of involved in a lot. So I feel like I've been really busy and doing a lot, but in the best way. Like not anything that kind of feels like I'm drained. Mm. But I feel like I'm constantly moving, but just getting filled. So talk about FCA camp. <laughs> I am to. so excited to talk about this. I know, um, and I, we didn't have it like written down, but yeah. there's no reason you shouldn't. Um, so few, like maybe a month ago, uh, I and a few of the people from FCA at Kentucky went to FCA leadership leadership camp in Bowling Green, um, where it's on WKU's campus, and there was like 600 kids from middle school to high school age. And 80 of us huddle leaders, which we were all in college or just graduated or about to start college. And um, it was like by far probably the best week of my life. Just being in that environment where everyone is like there to learn about Jesus, to fellowship, to like come together. And I had the best time, met the best people. I had my eight girls in my group that I was with 24-7, like all week long. Like tell some stories, like... What, what just like when you think of FCA camp, are you like, I will never forget like moment ABC. There's like 17 of those. The first one that comes to mind is, um, we did this thing called a faith walk mm-hmm. and me and my group of eight and this guy that came with us, we walked around neighborhoods in WKU and knocked on doors and we're like, Hey, can we pray for you? It's something we can pray for you about. And there were people that said no, which was fine. And there were people that like really had open hearts and we prayed for this lady that was, she was 92 years old. Um, she was deaf. She couldn't hear us. Not completely deaf, but like deaf enough to like where like we were like having to speak really loudly. And so we wrote down on a whiteboard for her, a whiteboard that she gave us that was like, we said, we're with FCA. Can we pray for you? And she like reads it and she's like, oh yes, I love Jesus. And so we're all in this woman's house. She's 92 years old, like has no family and we're just praying for her. It was really awesome. Did so, she like pray for you all then? And then she turned around and prayed for us. It like was, she couldn't like hear the prayer. Like it was no, like, it was like really cool. Like when we were praying, like her heads down, eyes closed, but she was like watching to make sure like she knew when it was done. Yeah. It was really awesome. Um, yeah, that's just one of the other thing you told me that I thought was really cool is, uh, when you, um, washed your girl's feet. Yeah. So like, explain um, how that is like important too. So Jesus is like known as a servant leader and in the Bible, he was washing feet of disciples and stuff like that. And so one thing that we did for our group and my group was all high school age girls, some about to go to college, some that are going to be sophomores. We, um, like one by one took a bucket of water and a towel and like washed their feet and prayed over them. And it was really awesome, really awesome experience. And so, yeah, I would recommend that to anybody ever that ever asked. I wish I could go until I was 57 years old. So (laughs) that's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So overall it's been like a good hectic summer, but like you feel like you're filling your bucket up in the right ways. For sure. Good. For sure. Good. And this is like cherry on tap. This right here is cherry on top. This is cherry on Drake top. will be cherry on Jerry, top. Drake will be cherry on top. I know, I'm pissed. But this is like whipped cream. Yeah. <laughs> um, Z is going with my boyfriend, her brother, and your sister. Mm-hmm. But I have to work. So I'll, she'll be staying here. So at least I'll see you for like a couple hours. But yeah. I'm kind of bummed. But whatever. Yeah. It'll be fun. So how are you? How are you? <sighs> how am I? Well, okay. There's really going a lot. There's a lot going on in my life. Really? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of changes. Um... I moved to Milwaukee. This is my apartment, um, which is like 
so fun. I, I was like slowly accumulating things for like a year now. Like there's a candle over there that I haven't lit that I bought. We bought those candles in like what, October? I don't even think so. Like I think I've had mine <laughs> like, since like last, last summer. Spring. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's like all these like pieces where I was unboxing and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. This rug. I, I was like, oh, I need to get a rug for the living room. I opened the box. I said, well, darn, I already <laughs> have a rug. Um, but yeah, so I started my full-time job July 6th and, um, it's like, it's investment banking. So I'm telling this, you obviously know this, but it's like a crap ton of work. It's, you know, I work like 80 to hundred weeks or hours a week, which is disgusting, but it's also picture it like, um, the, I tell people it's like residency to be a doctor. Like you just kind of have to like put your time in and then after that it's worth it. And so then we were in Chicago training the last two weeks. I was downtown in a hotel. Um, and I know we've already talked about this, but like, I just felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Exactly where I was supposed to be. And like, it, it, it's kind of crazy how it all worked out. I never thought I'd be in Milwaukee. Never thought I'd be doing investment banking. Um, and ultimately it's, it was just awesome last week. I felt like being in a room full of like such high achieving people felt like Kentucky Volleyball. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was like back to when I was a freshman in college. Like, not knowing anything, but like so ready to like know everything. Um, so I'm in a really good spot. I start, I have to take a really big exam in like a week and then I will be actually on the desk in like a week if I pass. So I flew into Milwaukee yesterday and Brez's grandparents picked me up from the airport so and drove cute. me from Chicago to Milwaukee. And her grandpa just said, Maddie really impressed me yesterday. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, really? You need to say this? Yeah. He said, <laughs> he said, all of Maddie's coworkers went out to drink after work, but she said no because she had to study. And that was so impressive. <laughs> and so, <laughs> oh, I know. I, and Z knows because I called her that night. And I like have really bad FOMO, y'all. Like, really bad FOMO. And I'm working on it because there's no reason to have FOMO. Um, and they were like, please come. It felt so good to be wanted. I was like, no, can't. Maddie's used, to the, Maddie's used to the feeling of being wanted. Shut up. <laughs> it was so annoying. Um, so anyways, good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, well, let's talk about a little bit. We kind of hit on it a little bit, but like, why are we doing this episode? And yeah. Why do you think this is important? Yeah, well, I think we should first like run it back as to like, how did this even happen? How did It Girls come to be, right? Dude, it's one of my favorite stories. I know, I agree. Um, so during COVID, we were, well, I was laying out tanning. Z was not. <laughs> She's outside, but like under a blanket. She was not like, which I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> and we get a call from Carly Kramer, who was our assistant coach at the time. And she was like, hey. I was like, hey, Carly. I feel like you're missing a big piece. I'll start. I'll do the story. So during COVID, we would do these things where our SID would give us like the password to the Instagram and be like, Hey, for the day you can take over the Instagram and you kind of have freedom to do whatever you want. Like there's like standard things like ask me questions. Here's what I'm eating. Here's what we're doing. But me and Brez, I think I was taking it over. Maybe she was, but like we just kind of joined together and we were just doing like the craziest things on this Instagram, like ranking our teammates best, like based on who would die first if we were chin on an Island or like, we're going to do that later. Yeah. Just like doing all these crazy things. And like people were loving it, loving it. We were loving it. We were loving it. It was so much fun. And so then fast forward, Maddie's outside tanning. I guess I wasn't. Yeah. No, she was there, but not tanning. And our assistant coach, Carly called us with, Chris Scholes, our SID, and was like, hey, like, what do you guys think about doing a talk show? Right. Like, 
on the Instagram. And I think the premise of that was like, let's highlight people in the program who uh, don't really like are behind the scenes because there's so many of them who are amazing and just like deserve the highlight. Mm-hmm. And then we'd also like interview our teammates. But we did that for what a year and a half, probably. Yeah. Up two years, probably. Um, and then NIL changed the game a little bit and we had Mercury reach out and was like, Hey guys, like we kind of love what you're doing. Um, we would love it for, to be under our umbrella. And we were like, shoot, like kind of like, let's go. Yeah. And then they kind of have given us full autonomy, which is a blessing really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to start coming up with a name. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Maddie, uh, I don't think she likes when I call you. Do you like when I call you Maddie? I don't know. Me yeah, I, Br- do, I do. I do. I do. Oh, okay. I like when you call me Mad too. That's cute. Okay. <laughs> well, me and Mad were in Georgia. We were about to play, and at this time, since COVID, we'd been playing like back-to-back games wherever we went. So yeah. we would be there for three days instead of like normal one and a half. So we had so much time in the hotel room, and we were trying to figure out like what are we going to name this podcast. And I, wish I could remember some of the renditions. I remember one that I had was like, "Who runs the world?" Like. <laughs> So like bad. girls, like that sound was horrible. I know, I know. Um, your mom was giving us ideas that again, I love Barb, but like we're so bad. Oh God, what did she say? Like Kentucky Cowboys, or something. <laughs> Kentucky. like it was some, Cowgirls or something. Like something. Yeah, people were giving us whack names, and all of a sudden we like thought of it girls, and I was like, and then I think we came up with the idea of like we can have it girls, uh, like interview yeah. it girls. It kind of just stuck. Yeah. So, anyways, that's kind of um, the purpose. But then we were like, what's our mission? Like, where where do we want to take this thing? Like. We know it's not just going to be Kentucky athletes anymore. I'm going to be graduating. Z's going to be graduating. Like, how can we make this sustainable, like, long-term, really? Um, and so then we started thinking, like, there's so many different ways to, like, be a winner. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom was a teacher for – or she still is a teacher. She's going on, I don't know, like, 25 years. And, like, that's winning. Yeah. She worked full-time, had four kids, and, like, she's a winning woman. You know? Your mom, same thing. Like, yeah. our moms are winning women. Maybe not recognized, like, in the same light as, like, nah. NCAA champs, but like, <laughs> it's the same thing. And there's like career ladies who we have a lady who we just interviewed, um, Tracy Benford, who's like top of her career in, yeah. in the U S and she was also a former college athlete, but we just want to highlight people's stories and like show that we are so much more than just yeah. our sport. I think with our podcast, we've interviewed at this point, four national champions, like these all Americans, these people that are just come from these like great families, great stories. But like our favorite thing about the episodes have never been like their on court success, like ever. ever. We don't ever like in the episode and call each other and like, holy cow, we just interviewed an all American. Like right. we're like, wow, her story was so dope. She is so cool. So She's true. so genuine. Like her heart, like it's it's never about that. And I think that's the best part about what we're doing and why it's continuing to grow because that's what people care about. Like no one really, totally, yeah, totally, like. Humanity loves stories. Yeah. Humanity lives off of storytelling. So we're just kind of like a piece of that puzzle. Yeah. Also, I would say, I think it's cool, kind of like the community that we built mm-hmm. through this. Like there's, unfortunately, this is really sad. I thought about this. Like two of the girls that we've interviewed both have like had career or yeah, no season, like season and the injuries. Yeah. injuries. Yeah. And the fact that like we've been able to like be close enough with them to like reach out and like make sure they're okay. Mm-hmm. But that's just an example of like, they're kind of our girls. Yeah. We, we have like, <laughs> 10 new friends seriously like, <laughs> literally so many great people and uh what was i gonna say even like the older people that we've interviewed it's like wow that was kind of cool it was like, awesome like a new mentor it's really been awesome and with that the amount of people that like come up to us and i think for us for me at least it doesn't feel like what we're doing is that big or no. like that we're reaching that many people 
But the amount of people that come up to me at school or text me, my family texts me and it's like, oh my God, I love this episode. Or I just listened to an episode that we recorded like months ago. Yeah. I'm like, how did you even find that? It's been really inspiring. And so it's been Yeah. So really we appreciate awesome. you all. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into our stories a little bit. Okay. Is that what you want to do? Let's go for it. Okay. Um, how about you go first? So let's just talk about like how you were raised, where you were raised, <laughs> what it looked like what it didn't look like. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of take it where you want. Um, so my name is Johnny Teeler. I am, (laughs) I, uh, was born in Austin, Texas, grew up in Dallas. Um, my dad worked, mom worked. I have a brother. He's 15 now. Um, I was an only child until I was seven. Kind of my sister. I have a sister. She's 28 now. And she lived in Wichita, Kansas. And, um, I don't know. My parents were like decently strict or maybe not strict is the right word, but like kind of expected a lot, um, in school athletically. I played sports since I could walk. I've kind of looked like this since I could walk and you guys know exactly <laughs> no, what I mean. No, we'll send Bradford some pictures. Um, I like when I was like five, six and started running track, like my, I would be running and winning the races and parents around my mom would be like, that girl is like way older. Where's the birth certificate? And my mom will be like, that's my baby. <laughs> like yelling at people. And yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I kind of went to a bunch of schools growing up looking back. I never really thought about that until I was thinking about this now, but probably went to like six different schools. Like, bef- like, which I feel like I was actually going to get this, get to this later. I feel like it has a lot to do with your personality now. Hmm. I just thought about that. Um, like you were around so many different types of people. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, like I went to a public school in Dallas for elementary school. And then, um, which was obviously in Dallas, Texas, there's a bunch of people. There's black, white, there's a lot of Hispanics. So like people of all sorts. And then I went to this like charter STEM academy for <laughs> a couple of years. And um, this school was actually, and it's really cool, was run by like Turkish people. And so I took Turkish classes growing up. I'm say, say not the, fluent. It. I'm not going to say anything just the, in Turkish. Just the numbers. Say it. No, I'm not going to do it. Why? I'm not going to do it. I, I, can, I can speak Turkish a little bit. Um, and at that point, like all the people that went to school with me were also Turkish and Muslim and a lot of Asians. And so that was really cool. Then I moved to a different school, which was chartered Arlington. Arlington's a little bit more suburban, so around a lot of just, like, white people. Yeah. And then high school, I went back to public school, and my school was probably 50-50 black and Hispanic. Like So diverse. I can count, like, on five hands people that were outside of that, outside of those races. And so even, like, club volleyball, there's a lot of times I was the only black girl on my team. Mm-hmm. And then track where it's, like, my people, like, <laughs> it's just really different. So I definitely love that part about me. Um, but... Yeah, I ran track forever growing up until I realized, like, I got to a point where it was, like, I couldn't even, like, breathe before races. Like, I would get so nervous. I'm like, this is not even fun anymore. Like, I remember, like, very vividly, it was state meet my freshman year, and uh, Aaliyah Miller just finished her track career at Baylor. She's really awesome. We'll go on to run professionally. And I had to run against her, and I just remember, like, bent over on my knees like couldn't even like stand up because I was so nervous and I was like I this has to be it like I I hate this um play I was playing volleyball at that same time and realized volleyball is just a little bit more fun for me than running around all day so talk about like how tough your parents were um athletically 
because you know we talk about like you and chance how yeah you guys were raised by the same parents but like you guys are so, so different. different yeah and but like your parents were probably well maybe they've loosened up a little bit <laughs> chance yeah yeah um yeah my so my dad was in the air force so he's got that military background it's like yes ma'am no sir all that kind of stuff like he's like pretty pretty to it um my mom is not quite like that but she's she's kind of a gangster church every sunday like yeah like she's kind of a g yeah and um so like when it came to sports like they like took no bs like my dad like i would have track practice all week and then be going from track to volleyball practice and then have a meet sunday tournaments turn around on sunday my dad my dad's taking me to the hills to sprint or taking me to the track to like jump in the sand pit or run bleachers and so like I like really had like no other option but to kind of be successful in this and obviously I'd give a lot of thanks to them but um yeah they've definitely loosened up with Chance a little bit and I think it's because like me and Chance are so different Chance is like I love my brother deaf you guys like he's my he's my my yeah I was gonna say talk about he's my best friend like I love that kid but he's like a little bit softer than I am in like a very like in in an okay way like he's just not like like I am in that way and so, like, Chance, like, if he isn't, like, if he doesn't like it, he's not going to do it. And so... <laughs> There's like, this video of Chance. <laughs> There's this video of Chance that your parents showed me. Remember at the, at the football game when, like, the two kids, like, were getting in a fight? <laughs> they were, like, starting to get in a fight. And every, all, like, the other kids are, like, running towards the fight. Like, we're going to get involved. And Chance is, like... Chance is, like, running away from the fight. And, like, I, I don't want to make it sound... would be in the fight. I would, I would be the fight. <laughs> I would literally be the fight. And, um... Like, Chance is, like, running away. And, like, not because that's just not his nature, like, at all. And so, like... they probably better as a male. Yeah. Honestly. Absolutely. And so, he's just, like, is so different. And they've had to take a different approach than, like, how I was raised. Like, looks like yeah. freaking... Like, you probably would have called CPS back then. Okay. I mean, not really, but, like, kind of. <laughs> right. But it, it really has shaped you kind of into, like, yeah. both the athlete, the leader. Yeah. Like, I think that sometimes what's hard about like both our leadership styles is like my family wasn't the same as that, which we'll get into, but like similar. And so when people aren't hardos kind of like us in, in this, in the athletic world, mm-hmm. like it's hard, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to like be like, why yo, why are you, why aren't you competing? Right? Why are you not going as hard as we are? Yeah, yeah, it is hard, but, um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And my brother going back to him, like he plays football, um, kind of does everything. He just had knee surgery and so he'll be out for his freshman season, but sucks. it does suck, but he's, he's a stud. He's so cute. He's taller than me now. Like he's growing so fast and yeah. So talk about how, um, well, I think like everyone kind of wants to hear about your recruiting process <laughs> because like Z and I are so different on so many things, but we're best friends forever. But like, um, w- yeah. Tell about your recruiting process. how do you end up at Kentucky? Yeah. So, um, this is really crazy thinking back because it now the rules have changed so much to where like mm-hmm. Maddie's youngest sister, Katie just committed to Vanderbilt and she's going to be a junior in high school. I was like anchor down, anchor down. And I was committed my sophomore year, like getting recruited my freshman year of high school. And it was just not good. Like that can't be right. But, um, I don't know. I was getting recruited a little bit and then I'm undersized for the position that I play, regardless of where I am in the front row. I'm only five, nine. And so, a little undersized, but um, I was getting like a little of interest here and there from like TCU, A&M schools that were like kind of close and nearby. 
that were good programs, but like kind of wanted more. And I ended up tearing my meniscus in high school and um, had to have knee surgery. And it wasn't really this like super extensive surgery where it was like anything to like be worried about in my eyes at least. Mm -hmm. But I was out for six months, kind of like shut down my recruiting. There was schools that were like, took a backseat and I won't call them out, but I will say, I will say like they haven't beat us since I've been on the team here. So (laughs) wait, who? Auburn? No, 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 no. I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. It could be, I don't want to burn bridges. It's a bridge I don't really care about though. Yeah. But um, (laughs) like schools that were like, oh, like you're already sure you have a knee surgery. Like we don't really want you. We have better crews, this kind of thing. And it's really crazy. But, um, Anders Nelson was an associate head coach at Kentucky at the time. And he started recruiting me. I talked to Craig, just absolutely loved it, came here. And one of the things I kind of talk about a lot in my recruiting process is like, I wanted to make sure that I saw a practice at every school that I visited. Cause that was so important to me. Like you already talked about how people compete, what practices look like every day. And when I came to Kentucky and it was Mads, Curry, Avery, Kaz Brown, Meredith Jewell, like all of these, Leah Edmond, Allie, like all of these like uber competitors that are on the floor. And this practice was like, I'm watching. I'm like, that's what I want to be a part of every single day. And aside from that, like everyone says culture and Craig says all the time, like everyone says we're family, but Kentucky volleyball is different. It's different. It's different. I think another thing about practice at Kentucky that was, I really appreciated was Craig trust his, trust his staff so much. Mm -hmm. There's, basically ran practice mm. i know craig like organized practice on the back end but like in terms of like the day-to-day flow like durs did that yeah which yeah that means that just shows a level of trust that for sure craig had in his people for sure and yeah when i saw that and i came to campus i was like yeah this is pretty much where i want to go it's just a matter of like telling everybody else that i didn't want to go there and that was the Sucks. worst because you know i'm not like confrontational person i don't like letting people down like no. i created relationships with these coaches and like feel loyalty to them but yeah, so funny story. I, I think I've told you this before. Like, before I knew I wanted to come to Kentucky, I was, like, praying. I was, like, God, like, give me a sign. Like, I don't know oh where to go. Oh, my gosh. I, I forgot know, about this I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. And um, my church back in Dallas. <laughs> it's a black church? It's black. Like, it's Southern Black Baptist Church. Like, there's no, like, it's just it's black people. And I'm looking around, and I, like, look, and I'm, like, this bald white guy with glasses, guys that looks just like Craig Skinner. You cannot. I was, like, I was like, there is no way right now. You cannot make that up. And I was like, there it is. Like, I'm going to Kentucky. <laughs> I don't think many people know that story. I think I've only told like a few people. You but, told me that story. Yeah. And but, I love that story. But yeah. When God makes it clear, he makes it. He makes really it clear. Really clear, yeah. Yeah. Craig Skinner sitting in my church. That, I mean, does he know that story? I don't think so. You should tell. Well, he better listen to this episode. We'll send it to him. We'll send it to you him. You gotta listen to Minute. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, so talk about. Which this is like more recent. So I think like, which also it touches on like the vulnerability piece, which like when we first knew each other, like that's something that made you uncomfortable. Would you agree? Yeah. But now you feel like you're at a point where, you know, talk about that. Being vulnerable? Yeah. Oh. Like the courage that it takes to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because I'm going to ask you a question that requires vulnerability. (laughs) Me and Maddie talked about before the episode, like she knows the line. Yeah. There's still one. But, like, if we'd have done it's this, fading. like, four years ago. Oh, my God. It would have been Joke Central. Joke Central. <laughs> Comedy Club. <laughs> On your end. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, my freshman year, growing up, like, I was just, like, I just was, like, not the kind of person that talked about myself. And maybe it was, like, a me, like, feeling like that's what it was to be, like, humble kind of deal or, mm. like, 
I don't want, I don't cry in front of people. Like I don't want people to know like anything about me really. Um, and that's like still really hard for me. It's really easy like for me to be like that around people like Maddie, my other best friends in the world. But I don't know. I just like in the last few years have realized like there are people that want to help you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't need help, but just like when things get bottled up and you're feeling like you're going to bust, like it's just downward spiral from there. And so, and I also know we've talked about, um, how, it, how much it can help others by talking about the vulnerable mm-hmm. pieces of our lives. Um, like I know FCA camp, like you shared some vulnerable stuff with your people and like, who knows how that impacted them, but I'm sure it like allowed them to open up more yeah, too. For sure. Um, so anyway, so I know like something that was really hard for you was figuring out like what to major in hmm. and like you guys probably think that sounds stupid, but like it was a big deal, right? Yeah. 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 Like one, yeah. So, um, I told you guys I went to a STEM school growing up, like this is going to make my parents sound bad and it's not supposed to at all, but no, like they kind of like wanted to push me in directions and it's, it doesn't make them sound bad, but like, no, all parents do that. Yeah. But mine like wanted me to be like doctor, lawyer, something along the lines of that. And I went to the STEM school and kind of had the idea in my head that I was going to be a doctor of some sort. Um, came to school, was a bio major and just like absolutely hated my time. Like for one, learned that I am just so shitty at math. Sorry, excuse my mouth. <laughs> I'm terrible at math. And I really hated everything about it, was not enjoying school at all. And not that a lot of people do enjoy school. Maddie does. Um, but I, for a long time, since I was younger, like I knew sports reporting, broadcasting, commentating was something that I knew I could do and that I knew I'd love. And not to like whatever, but like, I like no sports, like it's your passion. Yeah. yeah. Like I just like know it. Like, like in the way that like our last episode was like, I was off the cuff about finance and business. Like your thing is sports. Like I can't hold a conversation with you about more than like uh, college volleyball. <laughs> like, and you know about every sport, like wax sports. Like you could probably need some pickleball athletes in here. <laughs> like you could though. Like you are that well versed in sports. Yeah. And so I just knew that was something that I really loved and a dream that I'd had like when I was younger, but kind of pushed aside for the idea of being a doctor or whatever. And, um, so (laughs) I changed my major to broadcast journalism without telling my parents. It was like, there's a lot of tears involved. Lots of, lots of, lots of things. Yeah. Lots of, lots of things. Um, (laughs) I, it was like, honestly, probably like a year and a half that I went without telling them. Oh yeah. And then I have to tell the story. You can tell it. I'm not telling it. It's like, one of the funniest, crazy... She thinks it's so funny. I'm glad she thinks it's funny. No, and, like, Z's, like, about the moment. <laughs> so, the other thing that... So, Z, like, didn't tell her parents about the changing major, and I was like, bro, you gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. And she's like, I know. Like, I just gotta wait for the right time. And ultimately, when you told them, they were supportive. Yeah, it was fine. Like, it, they were like, oh, you're not gonna be a doctor, but, like, you're, you know, we support you. Um, but then, because she changed her major, her graduation date got pushed back, and which is, like, inevitable, and it happens. But she, like, did not want to tell her parents that she wasn't going to be graduating in, like, our, what, May, May 2022, three, 2023. May, yeah. She would be December. And um, so, it, like, senior night was approaching this year. It's, like, November. And for, like, three months, I was, like, we were, like, seeing her family every weekend at games. <laughs> and I'm, like, bro, you have to tell them you're not graduating because you're, like, we have to figure out senior night. Like, you got to, like, you know, get it together. So, Z was, like, really bent up about this. Like, she was, like, I know I need to tell them, but I just don't want to, like, I just don't want them to be upset and they, they weren't, but, um, <laughs> well, 
Uh, and so I like, we would do this all the time in college where we'd like get sticky notes and like we'd write each other notes and like put them in each other's doors. And it's so romantic. It is really, it is really <laughs> cute. Like at, at any time we were going through something, like we would just put little sticky notes. And so um, I put a sticky note on her door, something along the lines of like, hey, like I know you're going through a lot. Just know like your parents would be so supportive. They love you so much, uh, but you need to tell them I'm here for you always, XO Maddie, right? It had to <laughs> yeah. say it like that. Oh. This idiot. <laughs> idiot. Puts it in her bathroom, which is somewhat cute as well. Like she like wants to look at it every day. So she puts it in her bathroom. The weekend rolls around and her mom is in town because we have a game. And uh, we're like standing in the kitchen, just me and Z, and her mom comes down and says, <laughs> just picture, if you all knew Latasha, like this would be so much funnier. She's like, Hmm. Do you have something to tell me? She's like, so what do you need to tell me? And I was like, at first I was like so confused. Yeah. I was like, what? And she's like looking at me like kind of giggling and she's like, what do you have to tell me? And I was like. And she was like, I saw the sticky note in your bathroom. And me, Z and I, dude, you don't, your face doesn't even get red. You were so red. You were literally like, F me. Like what? You know, it was like one of those moments where it was crazy. And it, she Z like, you couldn't say it. Like you literally, I think I told her. Maddie had to like punch me. And she was like, bro, just tell her. And I was like, uh, uh, yeah. I'm not graduating. <laughs> <laughs> Which it was fine. Like she's graduating in four months and like, then you'll be off and doing your thing. But um, yeah, I think like, it was just like hard for you and to like, what was your vision wasn't wasn't you grew up like you grew out of it mm -hmm. and that's like really hard yeah but it's normal yeah didn't feel normal at the time. no no i know so um sorry i literally took that story from you it's fine but i didn't want to tell it i know i did um okay so another like transformative part of college i think was your our sophomore year mm -hmm. covid year mm -hmm. natty year mm -hmm. all in one talk about that yeah um you guys all know what covid was and how hard that was i not to like there were all these people that went through some really hard things that year like harder than we did but playing a college sport during that time was borderline miserable miserable like i Tell can't even we had explain to, do. to you guys like after every practice we're like disinfecting every ball we practice with 300 balls like disinfecting every ball we're practicing in masks we can't play six on six because it's too many people on the court we're getting tested every morning like we're busing to places that we normally would fly to can't hang out with anyone outside of our sport we're and with our roommates even like, yeah even that was borderline like don't be in the living room together too long right locker room don't be in the locker room together Kate like people screamed at us one time because we were all in the locker room for over 10 minutes yeah but it sucks for her like yeah she, our coaches hate everyone hated it it was it was so hard. Yeah. Like, and our gym that we play in has no air conditioning, so we're suffocating in these masks. Like, like we was... had a meeting with Mitch Barnhart, who's our AD, um, what, in August, probably. And basically, that was the time where, like, all the conferences were like, yo, do we play? Do we not play? Mm -hmm. And at that point... Our whole team was like, bro, we're... We're done. We're over it. Like, we don't want to play. No. Thank Which God is did. crazy, because yeah. we all love the sport. Yeah. We loved each other, but it was like, we don't... No, this isn't worth it. And there was like so much, so much coming out every day, like hearsay, like, oh, the Big Ten's not going to play. Oh, the Big 12 says they're going to do this. And we're like, what is going on? No one knew what was going on. Like, we're asking our coaches. Our coaches don't know. They're asking Mitch. Mitch doesn't know. Like, it was just so much uncertainty. And 
It was so bad until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Literally until <laughs> so we, April 24th. So that season was cut into two, which was really nice. So we played from August, November, maybe September, November, went home from Thanksgiving to Christmas, came back. <laughs> the week before we went home, we all got COVID, which worked out really well. I did not, but yeah. We, <laughs> we had to drive Mississippi State to play them. Dro- the drive was we 10 times story? longer than the actual the game. Story? Yeah. Okay. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Just tell. It was just like, so it. you have to tell. Just say I, it. I will tell it. Or yeah. So we got back from Mississippi State. People on the bus were already like coughing, sick, whatever. We get back and. But like that could have been anything. It could have been anything. Yeah. yeah. Could have been a cold. Could have been anything. Whatever. Um, we get back and the whole team's like, F it. We're throwing a party. <laughs> okay. But mind you, like we were <laughs> locked up like we did not break rules yeah we did it before August that to november like we were so and we were all going home anyways what we thought we actually had to lift the next morning <laughs> or two days later but we were like we're throwing a party who cares like we're going home anyways we have like all the people at our house the whole team's there and just covid in the air yeah. like literally everyone everyone got sick we did that that night next morning we went to tin roof and we're like putting mimosas away, like sharing bottles. I mean, sharing bottles, like all we this stuff. We sound terrible on this. Yeah. Keep it, going. No, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Later that night, I'm at dinner with other teammates. Like we're at their house. And the next morning after this, we have a lift oh before we can go home. We walk into this lift. At least no I, one wants to be there. No one wants to be there. We everyone's all want to like, be home. Everyone's wanting to go home. And, um, we walk into the weight room. I do into the locker room. Katie Poole calls me our trainer and she's like, seven o'clock in the morning she's like hey where are you right now and i was like in the locker room and she said i need you to go home right now <laughs> i had tested go tested positive for covid and at that point i was like must be like false positive or something because i didn't feel sick yeah. i could you not the moment i got to back to my house i have never felt more sick in my life i got to get chai tea latte because i was my dad was there to pick me up to go back to wisconsin and remember, I got you a, a Starbucks latte. And you left it outside my door because you couldn't open the door because... Because you were feral. And? It sat there for 10 days. Like, I, I didn't move out of my bed, like... Crazy. Because that's pre-vaccination. I yeah, I couldn't, like... It hurt me to, like, look, like, open my eyes. It was crazy. so bad. Yeah. Yeah, but you had, like, a infested house. Like, Tharp came and stayed there. Yeah. Is that it? Just you and Tharp? Yeah, just me and Tharp. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, well, should I tell my COVID experience? Yours was way different. It was yeah. so different. It was so different. Um... So I just had like a terrible draw. Like I was um, close contacted by Cam first. So then I got put in a hotel for two weeks straight. Um, then I was close contacted by you and Curry. Well, no, you, Curry, and Craig false positives earlier. <laughs> yeah. So they put me because we were roommates. So then I got put in a hotel again for a week. And then I got put in a hotel again for like four days because my dad came and picked me up. The, the bellboy at the hotel knew Brez's like. Yeah, like social. <laughs> yeah, social security number. Um, I was there for like ultimately like a little under five weeks from like September to November. And it was so hard because like I, I, I didn't play a lot, right? But I like felt like I was like on the ups. Like I worked so hard during mm-hmm. COVID um, and I was in such good shape. And so I would be playing well quarantined for two weeks and then mm-hmm. I'd come back and like my spot that I maybe had a chance of probably not was taken and that happened like over and over it was exhausting yeah. and I got to the I got to a really bad point dude I have a video on my phone of her she got called by she got a call from Katie Poole that was like hey you gotta go back to the hotel I was <laughs> Maddie right. Maddie grabbed a suitcase out of the corner and just throws it and he's like 
bawling, crying. I have to go back to the hotel. I hate this. Just screaming. It was awful. It was like her fifth time being quarantined. It was awful. And so honestly, like, and we were going to talk about this too, but like at that point, my identity was volleyball. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, even though I didn't play, I cared. There wasn't many things I cared about more than volleyball. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my future. I didn't have a boyfriend. Um, like all of these things, like I was like so dead set on volleyball. We weren't really friends either. We we were friends, but we weren't we weren't like we are now. We aren't. We weren't. Maddie didn't really like me that year. Shut up. Shut up. That's not true. Um, and so then I started talking to Dr. Cormier, and like I am like, he helped me so much in that mm-hmm. time. I, I remember Z. Do you remember like me just like bawling, crying about volleyball? Like I was so scared to serve receive. Yeah, I do remember that. There was one practice where I asked. Curry to like pass. I was, she was like, you're in Brazil. I was like, I can't do it. I, I literally I can't do it. That, yeah. And I was like verge of tears in the corner. And then I like lost it after practice. This is crazy. And I went up to Craig. Craig's like, Brett's come here. Like, cause I was crying, which is just ridiculous. I hate people at cry practice, but I've been there, been there. And Craig's like, you know, talk to me. And I was like, Craig, I can't pass. Like I can't. And I'm so scared and I can't do it. And then we played the next day and he put me in. <laughs> So Greg Skinner. I don't remember that, but that's crazy. You don't crazy. remember that? No. I had a three. I passed a three. I was shaking, like where you can like see like yeah. shakes because I was so scared. Yeah. I like hadn't, I can't, I couldn't serve receive. And he put me in and he, and I passed a three. And like Maybe that, I do remember that, but I don't, that's crazy. That's Craig. That's Craig for you. That's Craig. He like trusted me. He shouldn't have trusted me, but he did. And like, also we were up by so much. It didn't matter, but it mattered to me because like that borderline helped me like get out of the funk a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but then we had like a month off, which I kind of like took a break for, from it. And I remember Cormier telling me when sports are like your identity, it's like a relationship. Mm-hmm. You remember this? I told you this. Mm-hmm. You're like a relationship with volleyball. Yeah. So when like, when it, when it hurts you, like you hate it, mm-hmm. like you literally hate it. Um, and he's like, you need like me to break, like, you need to break with volleyball. Like you need to not bring your shoes home, which is. Like I was like in the gym every day kind of girl. Mm-hmm. So I think like when it hurt me so badly is when I started to like, okay, this is like not that serious. Yeah. Like I needed to like have that mentality. So hmm. COVID sucked, but winning the Natty but was- then fast forward four or five months. Yeah. Won the national championship. You guys heard that story 10 million times because we talk about it, but. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So I, I'm going to tell the story about what I did when we got back from break. So I finally got COVID. I got COVID when we were home and we're Christmas break. Yeah. And I was like quarantined and I was like, you know, how can I like be like, wh- how can I make a difference for the next few months? Cause I knew we were really good. So I made these like little cards. Oh yes, 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 yes. I made these little cards and I made a quote for each person, either a quote that they liked or like a quote that like reminded me of them. And then I did another card for each person and coach saying, um, win a national championship 2021. And the whole premise of it was like, I watched this Jimmy V documentary in my freshman year and he was coaching coach of Houston, I think at that point. NC State. NC State. Yes. And he would like carry a note card saying like win a national championship all the time, like in his suit coats, but they were not good enough to win it. And he was like about the idea of like, write it down, yeah. manifest it, which I think is just Jesus doing his thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it like happened. They won a national championship. So I like prefaced it with that. I gave them these, them these cards and then... Um, Do you want to tell them what quote was on mine? Yeah, you should, you should tell them. <laughs> She's like, we're all in the stands, like having a meeting because we couldn't be in a room together. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the bleachers and Maddie's like passing out these cards and everyone's reading their quotes and it's like, dream big. Oh my no, God. Like all, Bible these, verses, all these really like, nice things. 
then last person comes around it's me and she hands me mine she's like you're gonna laugh and i turn it around and <laughs> so re rewind we played auburn a few months prior and um i didn't play bad but like i just like couldn't kill a ball and anders nelson our who was our coach at the time our assistant coach pulled me outside to the bench and said <laughs> i thought he was joking at first he was like kill a ball one-on-one -on -one or we'll find someone that can straight face and i was like okay yeah, no. Yeah. And then I like pounced an overpass ball the next play and he takes credit for it every time we talk yeah, about this. Yeah, yeah. But she put she put that quote on the back <laughs> of my say, put a ball that one on one or we'll like, find someone. Kill a ball can. one on one or we'll find someone that can yeah. on the back of mine. Yeah. You're motivated differently. You're built different. Built different. Yeah. So anyways, it's kinda cool. Like everyone still has their cards and my like when I graduated I made little gifts for the coaches that said like win a natty. Mm. So Res is so thoughtful. It was a we'll get to that about you. Um it was like, it made it worth it. Like winning the yeah. natty was like, okay, thank goodness because that was terrible, but mm -hmm. made it through, made it stronger. Okay. Well, now that we're kind of on you, like the transition became kind of easy. Oh. Um, one thing that we kind of joke about all the time and talk about, but it's so real to the both of us is being delusionally confident. And it's one of Maddie's favorite things to talk about. Yours too. I do love talking about it because I think it's, it's such an awesome yeah. concept, but talk about like how that kind of feels it. You were talking like you were saying like you were working so hard and you thought you had a chance to play, which I don't think was delusional, but at that point it probably was to you. Oh yeah. Okay. 100%. Go for it. Yeah. Well, the backstory, we had a friend who played basketball at Kentucky and he told us, right? Wait, maybe I don't remember the story. Kellen. Yeah. Kellen telling us about Austin Rivers. This is what yeah. it was. Yes. Maybe it was Riley. Riley or Kellen Grady was telling us that Austin Rivers, who's Doc Rivers' son, plays in the NBA, was like in a gym with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron. Like it's like one of the USA teams. And Austin Rivers going around like dead, dead serious. Like I'm the best player in here. Yeah, like, he's I'm, so serious. Like, though. yeah, he was like so serious. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the best basketball player in here. It's like the actual best basketball players in the room are in the room, and he thinks he's the best. Right. And I was like, that, being like that delusional, mm -hmm. delusionally confident is like, you gotta have it. You do. And like, there's obviously a balance between with that and humility, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like humility. The Bible straight up mm -hmm. tells us to be. To be humble, right? But mm. so, how do you balance that? But then again, like being delusionally confident, especially as a female, right, mm -hmm. is crucial to mm. having success. Yeah. If you walk into a room full of men and you, they can tell that you're not confident, you won't win. Yeah. You won't win. So I, I don't know. We've kind of like coined the term. I feel like delusional <laughs> confidence, and I like. I try to tell like any girl who I feel like struggles with insecurity, which we all do. We all, we're all insecure, but like when it comes down to it, like you have to have that delusional confidence in, in whatever it is. Like agreed Z at that point. Oh my gosh. It was so delusional for like, I was writing down like libero my, my sophomore year. That's so effing funny. Like <laughs> Craig, I hope you listen to this. Like that's hilarious. Um, delusional, but like it helped me work harder. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think, like, if you don't believe in yourself, like, if you don't think you can do it. Besides your mommy. Who else? Who else? And even Prince sometimes, like, do you think Barb and Steve are like, oh, she's going to be libero? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so funny that you guys, might, we'll talk about my parents. That's not them. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you got to, it's something you got to gotta have. And there's an extent. Austin Rivers, like, was not the best basketball player in that room. No. Everyone knew that. And maybe he deep down did, too. But something you got to tell yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll talk about your parents a little bit we kind of skipped your growing up and how you grew up so <laughs> go through that and like how 
different, absolutely different yeah. host for me. I grew up like 10 minutes from like downtown. Yeah, right. No, it's it's so funny. Like we we really are so different. So I'll go back from from the from the get go. But I'm from a town like 45 minutes from Milwaukee. I say town. There's 10,000 people, and I know it like the back of my hand. Like I could drive that town close-eyed. I could probably say hi to like 100 people on my like drive through town. It's it was like the coolest way to be raised for me. Like my family's huge. I had all my cousins there. Um, I have like second, third cousins, like just scattered throughout my town. Um, and my parents were, are, my mom's a seventh grade teacher who I had as a seventh grade teacher. My dad is a, a guidance counselor at the same middle school as my mom. They've taught together for almost 30 years. That's how they met. Um, my dad's also the varsity basketball coach at our high school, which was like pretty transformative uh, for like my growing up. Um, and then I'm the oldest of four kids. So it's me and then my brother plays basketball at um, Whitewater, which is a D3 basketball school. They just went to the final four this year. So they're really good. Um, my sister's playing volleyball at Marquette. And then my other sister's playing volleyball at Vanderbilt, which is just like crazy. And people will ask me like, well, your parents are probably like stud athletes. <laughs> Not. Oh my gosh. My mom, someone reached out to her, asked if they could talk next week about how they got three division one volleyball athletes. My mom's Bro, got such a big I want to talk to Barb. Bruh. Um, but it's funny cause they're really not, my dad's like a pretty good athlete, but my mom's like, you know, hardly a high school athlete. Like she was, but you know, um, I credit so much of it to, so both my parents grew up on a farm and like the farm work ethic is like not really teachable. I feel mm -hmm. like, but both my parents have that. You will not find my mom and dad just like sitting on the couch watching movie. Have you ever seen them just like chill? Mm -mm. No, we've never gone on vacation. We like as like a chill vacation. Um, like if there's like downtime, like my mom's on the computer doing Lord knows what. Like She's looking for the Facebook deal of days. <laughs> literally, like she's always like just working. Um, and same with my dad. Like he, people think like teachers don't work during the summer. That's so stupid. Like my mom teaches summer school every day. My dad was, has been gone every summer from 7 a.m. till 2 p.m. coaching basketball camps and making like two grand over like three months. Like yeah. that's crazy, but he loves it. Um, and going back to like my dad coaching, I, we, all four of us grew up in the gym to the like nth degree. Like my mom had four kids under the age of six. Like my dad was gone all the time because of basketball. So he would, as soon as like we were old enough to, you know, function on our own, like my mom's like take two of them. So Joey and I would like go on the side court or like the side basketball hoops and like play 21, play pig, like shoot free throws for hours or there was like this back room we'd like play hide and seek like trying to just like make the time go away he'd always like bring us donuts just to like make us come <laughs> we had so much fun and I started playing volleyball because um volleyball was really big in my town they won a lot of state championships how shout many did out, you win shout out Terry and Dan two state championships mm -hmm. was runner up in softball and volleyball too so it's kind of cool fun fact and I went to state I was a quarter finalist for oh, my freshman keep year going, keep, going, keep going um <laughs> but uh, then I like started getting into volleyball. Um, but in seventh grade, I actually, um, I was not good at volleyball. I was, I was so small too, but I loved softball. I loved it. I had like Jenny Finch, like all of these posters in my room of like all these softball players. I had the, t so I'm a lefty slapper. Or I was left lefty slapper. And there's like a time. I don't remember. It's like six seconds. I think 6.2, maybe about like, what's the time that it should take you for, to get from home to first. That would be like sufficient to be, okay, you did tell me this. Yeah. It would, yeah. It would to be like sufficient enough to be a D one player in softball. 
And um, I like had it taped all over my room. And like I was in seventh grade at that point. And I had made this club volleyball team, which I'm looking back, wasn't very good, but it was like a national team where we'd travel and stuff. Um, and I'd also made a national softball team where we'd travel. And my parents were like, we can't do both. You're, like, you're the oldest, like you have to pick. And I picked volleyball. I don't know why, because I liked softball so much, mm. but I think it was just because volleyball was so big in my town. So yeah. I went with that. Um, but I played softball all the way through high school. Um, I loved it so much. I miss it a lot sometimes. Her sisters played softball also. Yeah. In high school and her little sister. Yeah, my little sister, like, well, both of them are studs. Like, they were all conference. Um, there's, like, a lot of fights about, like, who's better. Because, they, like, Katie, my younger sister, had a really good year this year. Molly did too, but, like, it, it, Katie, like, had coaches coming up to her after being, like, do you, you, want, like, you think about playing college softball? And she's, like, laughing in their face, like, I'm playing college volleyball. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess we got into sports, but in terms of like my family, I think that we kind of like grew up where like we were raised, I was raised by a community. Mm-hmm. I was raised by aunts, uncles. Um, we're like kind of like Italian in the sense of like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like family, even like Latinos, like yeah. kind of the same and like dinners are together. Um, anytime we were free, we were with mm-hmm. my extended family and um, it kind of created like the coolest environment ever. Yeah. My grandparents were so involved. I mean, like for example, one of my grandparents picked up Z from Chicago yesterday. Like my grandparents were at everything. Uh, my parents were like at everything. And yeah, I mean also like going back to what you said, like again, how we're different. Like I didn't know a black person until I was like in college, like no one, like well. I'm the first one you've ever known. Really? Well, no, <laughs> not, not actually, but my town was like, basically all white, some yeah. Mexicans, but like mostly all white. Um, and so I was like so uncultured <laughs> when we got to Kentucky. Um, all the girls were like, let's go, you guys want to get sushi? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, let's go get guys, sushi. Guys, we go to this, we go to Blue Sushi <laughs> and it's uh, like a normal sushi restaurant where there's different roles. And we go to the restaurant, we sit down and the waiter's going around and he's like, what do everyone want? We're like crunchy red, this, this, this. And Maddie goes, can I just get sushi? I and he's like, that. yeah, like, boy, like, what do you want? She thought sushi was just like this general thing. Like, I thought it was a fish. No, I thought it was a type of fish, <laughs> like equivalent to salmon, shrimp, all the things. So I, then I was like, oh my God. And then we almost convinced her to try wasabi because yeah. she didn't know what that was either. Someone but. told me, but yeah, anyways, I was just like super uncultured, I think mm. overall, but. You were talking, and I think this is a really cool part of our, our relationship. Your grandparents picked me up from the airport, like how tight we are with each other's families. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool. Someone actually at work asked me this week. They were like, cause I was talking about you, duh. And they were like, how, cause I told them that grand, my grandma and grandpa are picking you up. They're like, how are your family so close? And I think a lot of it stems from like how often your parents were in Lexington. My parents couldn't come as much. Cause again, like they just have a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, one of my favorite stories is the only game that I really ever played at Kentucky was my senior year at Texas A&M where I like was a DS and like that's what I had trained for all four years but I just never had like the real opportunity but a couple people got hurt and I had to play and I was like excited but my parents were so bummed like they weren't there for like my one opportunity but it was in Texas and so your whole family was there like three of them it was like the coolest thing ever like when I got off the court I don't even know if they said hi to you like they were like (laughs) jumping on me like we're so proud of you like we were just so happy for you. And I was like overwhelmed that they were able to be there. And like, yeah. 
be my family in that moment. But yeah, you've been to Burlington, what, five times? Might as well. Yeah. And I've been to Dallas a handful of times. Like whenever I'll go see like, I, so another way that her grandma is different, all her family is in one town. My family is super spread out. My dad's family's from East Texas. My mom's family's from Kansas. So in Dallas, it's just like my family, my aunt and uncle, and then my other uncle who's their kid. So there's not a bunch of us, but anytime I ever see them, first question they ask, like, how is Maddie? Like, what's Maddie doing right now? How's Brez? I'm like, how Come am on. I? Yeah. Like, I'm doing Dang well. Chop liver? <laughs> yeah, literally chop liver. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really cool. And yeah, I don't know. Our families are great. They are the best. Yeah. We're second families for real. My grandparents call her their fourth daughter, grand or their their fourth or their other granddaughter, their fifth granddaughter, I guess. Fifth. Yeah. Sorry, Alexa. Um, I think I should talk about um how I got to Kentucky. Oh yeah, go for it. That's like the cool story, yeah. and then we can shift away from my story. But I just think this story is pretty cool. Um, and we wouldn't be here if we weren't for that. So, mm-hmm. so I always wanted to go to Kentucky. I had family in Lexington. Um, I was like kind of always a kind of a Kentucky fan, but also a Badgers fan. And going back to like the delusional confidence, like. There's no way in H-E double hockey sticks, like, I was, one, good enough, to like, I didn't have the ceiling, really, to play there, but I thought I did. <laughs> I really did. I really believed that I wanted to go to, like, a big school where I could win and, like, make a difference. And I knew that wouldn't necessarily be on the court, but I just, I felt like that, what I needed to do. So I would, like, constantly call Craig, call Durs, email Durs, email Carly, like, hey, I really want to come here, whatever, and they kind of ghosted me for a while, and then... Durs came and watched me at a camp in Wisconsin, or he was like running a camp and I went to the camp and camp's like kind of my MO. Like then I can actually like shine in the light that I, I wanted to like, mm-hmm. sure. I can't really serve receive, but like I'm going to be a good leader and right. do the intangible yeah. things and go like that direction, lean yeah. on that direction. And so then he kind of started talking to me and then, which my grandparents told Zita's story the last night, but my grandparents were at like an airport and they saw this seven foot man walk in decked out in Kentucky gear they were like, he's definitely a coach, like, for sure. And my grandpa has, like, no filter. So he just goes up to him. And he thought he was a basketball coach. He was like, hey, like, we see you're a Kentucky fan. Like, do you coach there by any chance? He's like, I sure do. And my grandpa's like, what do you coach? He's like, volleyball. And, um, oh, my grandpa was like, you know, my son works in the football department and whatever. And he's like, oh, was your granddaughter Maddie Breswitz? <laughs> and my grandpa's like, I almost bought him a drink, like, right there. <laughs> Um, so from then on, like they started talking to me and then, um, I think I convinced them. I really like, I begged to them and, um, Carly called me and offered me a preferred walk on. Um, and so then I turned that, I knew I wanted to go there as soon as I had that. I really didn't have any other offers. People asked me and I kind of changed the subject cause I literally had, did not have another offer. You know, be Milwaukee was like kind of talking to me, but mm-hmm. at that they had like maybe two years and they... I, I don't think I would have gotten off. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Craig taking a chance on me was like the coolest thing ever. But then like my parents are teachers and they told me you're paying for your tuition. Like, how am I going to pay? So I did a lot of research and I knew I was good enough in school, but like how good I didn't, I didn't know. And so I took the ACT, I got a 23. I took it. I paid for a tutor for myself. I paid for, um, or I like studied my butt off. My grandma was like helping me all the time. And I took it six more times and I ended up getting a 32. And with the 32, the only reason I wanted to get the 32 was because I was eligible for a scholarship mm-hmm. to Kentucky to get in-state tuition. So I ended up getting in-state tuition at Kentucky and also Craig put me on scholarship to separate semesters, which like I owe it all to him because I don't know, God's crazy. Isn't he like, 
my parents were really worried about what the financial part would look like. Yeah. And I was too, like I knew I'd have to pay for it. Um, but I came out with like hardly any student debt. Yeah. And like, again, Craig. Yeah. Thank shout you. Out, shout out to the bald shout man. Shout out to bald man. Um, yeah, I wouldn't change any of it. Let's talk about why we care so much about Kentucky Volleyball. <sighs> I think there's one time that I will never forget is I was crying about, I think it was last year or the year before. I think it was the year Probably before. last year. Last year. Last year was hard. Yeah. It was hard. Um, yeah. You, you go for it. No, it was just like we were seniors and we had played with girls that played a certain way and like showed that they played a certain way. And like we wanted to win the SEC so bad our senior year. Like it was like, we've done this three years in a row. Like we want to do it. So just like leadership is lonely. That's what Craig kept saying. We were like, yeah. we don't want it to be lonely. Like I don't, I, I, Craig, here's the thing with Craig. He's like one of the best men in the entire world but so good at being neutral and just taking a step yeah. back and looking at it from both sides. And we're storming, we're storming into his office and we want him to be mad with us. And he's like, <laughs> he won't do it. Like no. he's so level headed and so neutral about everything. And it's like so hard when we were having this year that like felt I was miserable at sometimes. And he just like, so like just so even, I yeah. don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. So it was hard, but, um, what were we talking about? Oh, how much we care. So yeah. yeah, I was like, we were crying a lot that last year and Z looked at me. She was like, dude, I don't even think people understand like how much you care. Yeah. And it's equivalent about how much we care about the program. And like, that's like with anything we do, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, Kentucky volleyball is kind of like, it's just like hard. Like best. I said earlier, like everyone says like family culture, like all these yada yada. But like one thing that Craig has, I think really emphasized recruiting now like recruiting these 2025s mm -hmm. is like, look at how many people continue to come back. Like Madison's come back yeah. to coach. Mary's come back to coach. Katie Poole has been here for 10, 15 years. Chris has been here for 15 years. Like all these people that want to stay here and come back here is just mm -hmm. a testament to like what he's done, what we've kind of created here, the people there. And I don't know. I, like I said, I'm like loyal to a fault. Like I, Oh my gosh. I can't imagine playing anywhere else. Like no. I don't think the grass is greener anywhere mm -hmm. else in the country. No. No, it's not. Shifting gears a little bit. But also really, like, incremental for our college careers. Let's talk about how college, like, shift our, shifted our faith. Hmm. I think you should go first. I was going to ask you this. Oh, sorry. Um, because your circumstance is a little bit different than mine, yeah. I think. Yeah, it totally is. Um, well, it's kind of funny because, like, it's, it's hard because, like, this isn't a Christian podcast. Like, there's so many things. Yeah. But it, it can't not be – it's part of who we are, mm. you know? And, like, it has become a part of who we are. And, um, like, I did not grow up uh, – I grew up Catholic. And so we'd, like, go to church, like, once a month maybe. But my family was, you know, pretty Catholic. And we – I didn't – I didn't know. I made some mistakes in high school. I can, like, do the math. And that, like, was shameful for me for a long time. Like, I held that long time but I was delivered from that like I got to college and I was with all of these girls I had never knew what it looked like to have a relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. ever like y'all were like friends with him and I was like what is going on like that's not how Catholics do it yeah and um then like FCA was like the cool place to go mm -hmm. FCA Aaron Hope like it was every Monday night you'd get this group of people together who 
were like the most genuine, kind, funny, fun, glowing people. Like people who just like lit up with Jesus. And I was like, these are the kind of people, like these are my kind of people. Yeah. So I started going to a new church with these like non-denominational church and just like fell in love with what it looks like to be a Christian, what that walk looks like, how I've evolved as a person. I think you'd say is like, I'm a different person. Yeah. And it's crazy because you're like pretty great when you got to college, but <laughs> like how Maddie is now, her like values and what she, what's important to her is so, so transformed different. and so different and yeah, for the better, obviously. Yeah. But it's cool though, too. Like it's a, like our faith is something that we can connect with people on. So like we had Anna a few weeks ago, who's mm-hmm. like a very faithful person. We've had Anna Camden, who's a very faithful person. Like I thought you were talking about Anna Camden. I was like, Anna Camden was like months. No, Anna was Yes, yes, yes. Like all these girls who we can, we can relate with them on that. And, um, it helped me so much. And I, I know your story similar. And like, it, it showed me like my identity outside of volleyball. Mm-hmm. My identity is not in volleyball. Like I am so much more than yeah. just a volleyball player. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say it just changed me completely. Changed your life. Yeah, for sure. But your story is so different again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you got baptized a few months ago. <laughs> so how, how, what is, yeah. What does your walk look like? So we talked a little earlier, but like my mom was like my Sunday school teacher, like growing up, like went to church every Sunday, like vacation Bible school, like all the things, doing all that stuff, like what you like would imagine, like that's how it was for me. And then you like get to high school and you got club tournaments and like that kind of shifts a little bit. And I don't think I was ever at a point where I was like on this like downward spiral. Like I was like bad doing all these crazy stuff, like anything like that. But just like, it wasn't like on the forefront of like who I was. Like as simple as like gossiping or um, like, swearing or like things that are like aren't a big deal but when you start like learning about Jesus they become right. a big deal right and so I got to school and um like went to FCA went to church all these things but like again like at that point there wasn't anyone that was forcing me to go like it was something I had to kind of take up on my own and like I had my bible and it probably sat like and collected dust for like months I like didn't really open it when my freshman year devotional same thing then, like Maddie said, you're surrounded by all these people that are, like, doing the thing, like, have this relationship that you kind of want, and it's inspiring. and So inspiring. And it, like, you, I don't, you don't feel that kind of, like, conviction and inspiration, like, in any other realm. And so I was just, like, really lukewarm. Got to college, kind of changed, and um, really over, like, the last, like, year, just, like, I've really just, like, made it intentional to dive deep in every aspect of it, and... It's been even like a year ago though. I remember there was a time where it was hard for you. Like you were like your shoulder was bad. Like you were like kind of mad at God for a little bit. Yeah. Right. Like last, last season. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, I just didn't know. I didn't know what, like what was going on. Like felt like everything was kind of against me, Mm -hmm. but you were like, feel really like you're at a really good spot right now. Oh yeah. In your relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And you know, I don't know. It's just something that we just love so much. It's who we are. Like mm-hmm. it's part of our story. So I think we had to touch on it. Yeah. What else? What else? Well, okay. I think like to end it, we don't have to end it if you don't want to. No, we should end it. But we have to. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. I don't think you know what I'm going to say. Wait, can I ask you one like fun question before? Yeah. 
Okay, I'm just gonna ask you one of the questions that I had prepared. We had like questions prepared for the end, but okay. Crazy. <laughs> Not like we've been so serious, but now this is a fun one. Um, in another life, what would you be? Dude, a food critic. Where you say that? Did you know that? Kind of. I had a different. I answer, think. But. Like, is there a better job? Like a no. food critic, like traveling the world, trying different food. Yeah. That is my dream. Why am I not doing that? I don't know. You could easily <laughs> make easily enough money could. and just transition. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Quick career I, flip. Yeah, I don't know. I just like, am such a foodie. Like, I will eat anything besides like peppers. Really, I don't really like peppers. I texted you yesterday and I was like, I got some recommendations for restaurants. One, pretty bougie. But supposed to be insane. Or two, not as bougie, but good. What do you think she chose? <laughs> we went to the bougie one. Like, it's like a problem. Like, I, here's the thing with me. I don't have problems spending money on really anything. Like, a lot of things I can justify spending money on for me. And it's different for everyone. Like, Maddie, it's different for her than it is for me. Like, for me, like, I will spend whatever on shoes. Like, I don't Friends. really care. My, like, my people, like, on gifts, like, I will spend whatever. Like, I can justify those things. Food is 100%. Like, I don't really care. Like, I'll... Food's me too. Like, I will pay whatever for a good meal. Yeah. And I don't ever feel bad about it. No, I know. I love it. Yeah, so... Sorry, I just had to ask you. Food I figured critic. that's what you'd say, but yeah. What is yours? Um... Mm, an influencer. <laughs> it sounds so bad, but I just, like... Honestly, I do love my life. I'm, yeah. like, kind of live my dream. But I... I think it would be so fun to just, um, like have a platform like that. And I know I do have a platform, but I think I'd be good at it. Mm -hmm. You do have a platform and you would be good at it. You, um, are influential. It's just like fun to relate to people. Yeah. Like have a community. I think yeah. it'd be so cool. She wants to be Danny Austin. I do want to be Danny. Okay. Last thing. And this can take whatever. I just think to end it, we kind of wanted to talk about like the different stages of life that we are in mm. separately. I don't know. Like kind of yeah. how like... Just how, how we were like six months ago. Yeah. Like literally in the same. And then now like just so far apart. Yeah. The last like six months of living at home was really hard home as in like your neighbor, your mm -hmm. bedroom neighbor. Um, we were so close, mm -hmm. like probably annoying close for most people around us. Oh, I look back on it. I'm like, for people sure. were definitely annoyed with us. Had to be. But like attached at the hip. Yeah. Like not even in a bad way, but it's just like, I knew her, like she knew herself. It felt like, yeah. and, and vice versa or better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then like, there was always this like looming thing of like, I'm leaving in December. It sucks. There was like the last week, month where Z like couldn't come in my room. Cause I would like slowly start like packing. And she was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do this. <laughs> um, but now, so I like graduated in December and I traveled a bunch. Saw you a lot though. Mm -hmm. um, and then now like I'm a full ASS adult, like yeah. paying my phone bill. Isn't that disgusting? I told my mom yesterday, like I won't do that. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, that's crazy. <laughs> Another fun fact about me, that noise that she just made is, yeah. makes my skin curl like I hate it. <laughs> and she does it all the time. But sorry. yeah, I told my mom like, I don't, you can, I'm not paying my own phone bill, you'll yeah. do it. No, it, I'm it, not that adult. It is crazy. Like. I mean, my boyfriend lives here. Like, that's another thing. Like, that's pretty adult-like. Um, I I have a full-time job, and I am, like, so passionate about it, and I I love it, and I have dreams that are, like, kind of crazy in, in a similar, like, delusional, confident way as playing in Kentucky. Should I say that? Yeah. I really want to own my own private equity company, which is Enos. <clears throat> um, I do investment banking, but, like, that is my dream, like, in freaking like 15 years. I, I don't know what it's going to look like, especially like having kids. Like 
that kind of goes like this, but, mm-hmm. um, and I would just love to invest in like health and wellness. I just think like health and wellness is kind of the future. People are realizing how important health is to sustain, like to just be a sustainable person. And so, um, that's my ultimate dream. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what that will look like, but again, like that's delusional. I don't even know what like a model is in Excel yet. I think I can do that. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Talk about your stage of life. Yeah. Um, I, and I used to like kind of hate talking about this, but now like that it's transformed the way it has, it's really cool. But all of my like friends are older than me. Like all of my best friends in the world are older than me besides Maddie. But like she, she's actually younger than me, but <laughs> she is like at the stage of all my friends. So like after last season or last season, Maddie was like really like my person. Like yeah. all my other friends have graduated and left or they're working these jobs. And so December rolled around that like last day Maddie was there was really bad. Like I was so sad because like that, that was like the end of what it yeah. felt like my people. And, um, like when I went home over winter break, I was just like, it's going to suck. Like I didn't dreading going back. Like I don't have any friends. I'm probably going to be like pinned up in my room all the time. And it's just equally hard because like, not only are my friends all like gone, but they're all doing things that I feel like what is what I was supposed to be doing to like be on the right track. Mm-hmm. Like you have a job, like these people are traveling, these people are getting engaged, people are getting married, these people are doing all these things that it feels like is where I should be. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like really hard. And then I come back in January and um, God is really funny. Like he really just funny. like, absolutely like the community that I found like within FCA and work and even school, like I don't really have like school friends. I have a few, but like yeah. now like people that I talk to that are like, like feel like are my people now and that I have that. And I, it's been really awesome. And so I don't know, I really was just dreading coming back. And now I feel like very content in the same way you feel like you were where you're supposed to be. Like, I like know like where I am at right now is like what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm supposed to be like changing things. So it's yeah. been really cool, but it's so exciting. Scary. It's going to be done in five months. And it was also crazy. Cause like, your two other closest friends like Mads and Avery mm. and Mads is now your coach. Yeah. Talk about that. <laughs> um, one of my other best friends in the whole entire world, Madison Lilly, she, um, played a couple of years in, um, overseas in Europe and now she's coming back to coach us. So she is not only one of my best friends, one of my former teammates, it makes for a really like complicated, complicated dynamic. Um, but she's going to kill it. She's going to absolutely be like, she was the national player of the year. Yeah. Like four time all American. She like, make Kentucky volleyball that and much better. Talk about people that care about Kentucky volleyball. Like still to this day, the way she talks about this program is like gives me goosebumps and chills. And so having people around like that that are going to help bring the culture like back to what we all want it to be is gonna mm-hmm. be It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, I think we should wrap it up. Let's do it. But I have one more question. What's your best piece of advice? Oh, you know what? You weren't prepared. I wasn't prepared. And um, every time we ask someone, I always think, what would mine be? I don't think I can pull mine off the top of my head right now. I think you should do yours. Do you have yours? I can do mine, but you should think on it. I'll think, yeah. Mine is my, like... um, Oh, I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. So growing up, my dad would always say, do what others don't. Yeah. And that was, that resonated with me so hard. Like even in high school, like everyone was drinking. Not everyone, but it felt like everyone and he was always just like, do what others don't, do what others don't. And that re- involved like going to the gym when everyone was hanging out or um, 
like just like eating like my my parents were just like so good at encouraging that of like just like it's okay to be different and I think that's kind of been my thing is like I kind of take pride in just being like a little bit different and she is different yeah Um, but not in good ways all the time (laughs) I think most times sometimes yeah okay do you have one Jesus (laughs) that's my best piece of advice yeah Jesus no no Um, I don't know. The first thing popped in my head, and this is not great, but my mom, so my mom always says, always says is like, well, for one to preface, like people think that the word consequence is automatically negative mm. and it's not necessarily true. But my mom always says like every decision you make in life has a consequence. Like you just have to like be prepared to face what it is. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. That's the first thing popped in my head. And it's not probably my best, but it's something that I do think about every time. Like when I'm for trying sure. to figure out like what to do, like, you just have to decide like which one's worth it. Yeah. I don't know. That's good. Yeah. I love Latasha's wisdom. This is amazing. Yeah. This is like something I'm probably going to cherish forever. That sounds so stupid, but it's, it's real. Fun. Yeah. And, um, I wouldn't be opposed to doing this like once a quarter. I, you would love when, me coming up to Milwaukee I all would, the time. I would, I would, I would. Yeah. Maybe biannually, but, um, wouldn't be possible without all of you guys. Yeah. So thank you for listening and, um, share the podcast. Don't share the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Don't listen to the podcast, but, we just love doing this yeah. and we care so much about the mission. So anything else to add? No. Thank you guys. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to Steve. You guys Shout can't see Steve. Steve, but he's behind the camera <laughs> and he's been killing it. So. Yeah. Thank you. Bye guys.